I've been running after one thing To find that part within that I'll measure up to something I've got a lot of dreams, but I was told I wasn't practical I couldn't measure up because of all my flaws But I know the wrong, those are only stepping stones Life's the art of embracing these things You tell that story and it's just, it's just powerful just to hear that of Okay, you, you didn't push it away, you embraced it, you embraced change, you embraced the differences, and it's made you grow immensely from that to, to who you've become. And like I said earlier, you are the ultimate storyteller. Like I've sat with you for hours on end and just listened to you tell stories and I love it. So what is the true power of storytelling and how did you realize that like this is how the world learns? Because as I give talks and podcasts, like everybody loves stories. So talk to us on the power of storytelling and how you came to this realization. Well, I think there's two things uh, that really jump out when I think about storytelling and, and the power it has. And, and what storytelling does, it creates connection. Mm. It makes you more relatable to your audience. And especially, uh, I think the great storytellers, first of all, understand the message that they want to communicate. Um, their point of view, et cetera, et cetera. And they also then understand their audience. What are people looking for? How do they want their audience to feel? But at its core, what storytelling does, it just unites people. It creates connection. It makes you more relatable. And I think as a result, people want to learn more. They want to engage with you. Maybe they want to partake in getting to know you, getting to know your brand, getting to know whatever it is you're up about. And I think that's the power of storytelling. It's a simple way to bring people to the table. And I feel like everybody can do it. Everybody has a story, but it's just about realizing how you put these stories together with messages that, that you want the audience to receive. And that's where you see the power of it. So talking of storytelling, give us, a, give us one, Arch. Give us, give us one of your great Nike stories. There's a lot of them out there. Well, I mean, there, there's, there's, there's tons. I was very fortunate. Um, I, you know, I, I, I tell people a lot of times working at Nike was maybe what it was like to play at Alabama football, um, you know, four deep at every position, immensely talented group of people. Um, I figured out right away, like maybe my, my niche was, uh, you know, maybe creating a, a liberal arts approach to my career in the sense that I was willing and open to new experiences and learning things. Um, but maybe one quick chapter is I did work in the, in the basketball group uh, for a few years. Um, and I just, you know, we got to work hand in hand with some of the greatest players uh, in the game. Uh, one of my favorite ones is literally just cruising around uh, PG County, Maryland, which is, you know, suburban Maryland, right side out of DC after we had just signed Kevin Durant and literally in a bad hurts rental van um not this is you know no 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 super exotic you know rolled out and it was the agent uh it was a bunch of us from his team it was katie and his brother uh we, we got some iced tea we got some food and he literally took so much pride in taking us from these different venues his story where he grew up where he trained the people that were involved in his life i mean katie is the hooper's hooper um and it was just a really fun way uh, at a really grassroots level to connect with someone and to start to, to start to initiate, um, which that team has gone on to do amazing things with him far, far surpassing anything we envisioned at the time, but what a great way to kind of connect with, uh, you know, what is now one of the world's best players. Arch, I think that's what great leadership is about too, giving people the canvas to 
create their own story, not necessarily saying, KD, come into these Nike offices, this is how it's going to be. But you gave him the opportunity to play the narrative and create his story. So I, I have to ask you about the Kobe too, because you signed, you guys signed Kobe. Talk about his mentality different than KD's. What was the approach in creating this great Kobe brand? Well, I mean, there's a lot of similarities as, as much as there are differences. And yes. the similarities is for anyone on your pod that uh, works with um, some folks that are the best at what they do. I mean, the standard and the commitment to that standard with, with Katie and, and any really of the elite athletes in, in the NBA is, is the like nothing you've seen. And, and certainly Kobe Bryant exemplified that um, much respect uh, to him. He, he was, he, he pushed us, especially early days. He pushed us at a level that maybe we didn't even anticipate it because he demanded um, that, you know, we all did our best. Um, how do you create an edge? Even if that was a second or an ounce or an inch, mm. uh, he was that obsessive and he, and he really was. And, uh, you know, so I, I, I'd say some of the, the best playing and performance footwear the brand ever created was a direct result of, of working with him and Eric Avar, the designer that, that led all those efforts. Um, those two were just an incredible matchup. Was it there something you were telling me like he would study sharks in their movement and like he would just be so meticulous with his study on how he wanted to create a shoe? Yeah, I, I think he was very, very versed hmm. in inspiration in um, how, frankly, the world worked. Uh, he's 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 is 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 ver he's a mile wild and a, and a mile deep type of person, um, and so he would very much talk to us about how the body worked and, and use examples and, 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 and even getting into, um, you know, as you alluded to different species and, and things of that nature that, that drove sort of uh, performance excellence and inspiration for him. So he was, yeah, I mean, he's, he's unlike anything we, that I, that I uh, ever saw in terms of an athlete with the mindset to just, just to be the greatest. And that was reflected yeah. in everything he did. All right. So talk to us about what true branding is. A lot of people will think it's just what you see on social media, what the what your Instagram is. But there's a lot that goes into branding and speak on what you can of the of the Nike mantra or just what you've learned on. How do you create if you could give us one or two points of how do you really focus on creating an amazing personal brand? Well, I, I think the, the first step in creating your a brand is is really defining what are those principles, um, guardrails, if you would. But what does your brand stand for? Um, and as simple as that sounds, that's not only going to inform how you bring your brand to life, but ultimately, I think it informs the culture that's created with your brand. And it's really important. Um, so before you know, you start thinking about you know, um, maybe the, the revenue and, and, and things of that nature that may even be more commercial in orientation. I think it really just starts with what are those principles and what, what is it uh, that you really stand for? Um, and as simple as that sounds, I'll give you a, a real example. Um, right now, uh, working with uh, 360 Hoops, um, we, are, we are creating both a product and a game or a new sport in, in around basketball. And there's a lot that's similar and there's a few things that are different. So we've got some feedback on like, hey, would you include 
X, Y, Z. And our, our point of view is, well, wait a second. The reason we designed this on the circular court and with this tri-basket system uh, that we have associated with this, with this product and game that we've created is to facilitate more movement, more communication, more passing, more touches uh, versus maybe some traditional rules that sort of make things a little bit more stationary. Um, so those are real decisions that we're making. And, and maybe some of that initially, some of those decisions on incorporating things allow us to, to grow faster or grow bigger, et cetera, et cetera. But I do believe in the long run, you do need to make decisions that are true uh, to yourself and to these principles uh, that you establish because then it's just over time, I think the genius of that is just going to come to life. Certainly, certainly working at Nike, um, you know, and, and I worked more in the product sales and merchandising zone of that company, but the brand leadership was, was second to none, uh, yeah. the storytelling and, and, and just the commitment to it. And, and maybe the only other thing I might add is I think when you're building your brand, I kind of call it the high-low game. You've got to have a vision for what is that big sort of that big audacious goal, that big audacious vision that you want to ultimately see come to life. But at the same token, you've got to have some energy for those those details, those mm. actions, sort of that daily plan that ladders or builds up to that big vision. So you, you've got to be able to kind of, you know, kind of win now and, and create the future all at the same time um, is, is how I always approached uh, and dealing with, with building a powerful brand. Feeling when you are just recharged, you don't have any sickness, no ailments, you have full optimal energy. You are functioning at your highest level. You want to recreate that? Yeah, sure. You do. I do. We all do. And then you can times it by 10. What I'm about to tell you is going to blow your mind. So hold on here. This, this is real. Hyperbaric chamber. If you don't know what it is, look it up right now. Look up Elevate Health. E-L-E-V-E health.com. It's an oxygen miracle. What it is, HBOT, the hyperbaric chamber. It's a simple and non-invasive therapy where you go into this. It places a body in a pressurized environment that allows extra oxygen to dissolve in the blood plasma and travel freely throughout your circulatory system, getting more red blood cells flowing naturally to the body's function. It's going to help you kill off any harmful bacteria. It's going to help you detox, increase your oxygen concentration, resist and fight infection, heal wounds faster, improve oxygen supply, reduce swelling, stop infection, lower inflammation, all while you're relaxing in the chamber. I, I, I kid you not, this is what the pros, the top Olympic athletes, what everybody uses for the highest optimization recovery. This is called Hyperbaric Chamber, HBOT, from Elevate Health, E-L-E-V-E health.com. Message me separately, too, if you want to get a specific deal on this. Check it out as you're a sports team, if you're an individual, if you're just somebody who loves optimization, it will be an absolute life changer for you. Your ability to continue to evolve who you are and be able to reach people with the message that you have. Like, let's, let's talk a little bit about... The, the content creation part. 
and your yeah. your creativeness, your uh, imagination. Like, what if you could give the audience a couple like little pointers of okay, if they want to be able to you know be a YouTuber or create their own content, be this entrepreneur, what are the the most important things that they can start doing today that will help them on this journey? I'd say step number one, just start it up right away and start trying things. Start you know I mean? doing. Learn as you go. Mm. I think is a good thing. I, I don't think with a lot of things in life, you can always like prepare in mind you think you can wait and prepare and get your chips together before you're ready to press go. I think it's always better to start and learn as you go because uh, being in it, getting the experience will help you be better. So I would say step number one, Step number two, a lot of people say, hey, I want to be a YouTuber. And I think that they look at the lifestyle of it and what it could be and be like, hey, man, this would be awesome. This could be my identity. I'm a YouTuber, right? But I think if you look at the people who did it at the highest level, they were more into the craft, and then they were able to come that, the ideas of our cameras, and they are a YouTuber. So for like me, you know, mainstream you know, celebrity on ESPN, you know, playing basketball, and that was what I loved. And then it ended. I saw YouTube as another form of distribution since I wasn't on a TV show any longer. So we carried it over. And it was about being a YouTuber. This is before AdSense. This is before the word influencer. So I think it's really about the craft or finding something that you love because the amount of work you have to put in to sustain to actually be a successful YouTuber, if that is the goal, if that's what you're striving for, you're going to have so many hours. You just, there's no other way. You're going to have to love whatever you're doing or whatever you're covering. Oh, it's such a good answer, man. Those two points right there. Like it, it literally, even though we do what we love, like it's still work. It's still times where you're like, man, I don't necessarily want to do this, but it's part of it. And you have passion and purpose. So you have passion, the craft that you're talking about, you have purpose. Yes. You're bringing people joy through this. When you have that, you're on an absolute mission like that. And, and that's what people have to understand. That's how you got to where you're at. You didn't just wind up this this with billions of views and everybody sees this like it's taken years like 15 20 years to get where you're at man all right hey as we wind down here i'm gonna throw you on the rapid fire hot seat so this can be quick answers whatever comes to your mind just boom spit them out do you have a favorite mindset quote or a quote something that you've you know really held on to since you were young or through this whole process mindset quote or just Ooh. something that really resonates. Maybe it's a Bible verse. Maybe it's like, you know what? This like, when I was down, boom, this is what I went to. Uh. Matthew 19, 26. I'm trying to get it together. <laughs> Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Preach it, baby. I love it. I love it. I love <laughs> it. Hey, what does leaving a legacy mean to you as you've built this great empire? What, what, what does leaving a, a true legacy mean to you, Grayson? For me, it's like a number of things. I think it's like how, uh, what kind of an impact you had. And I think that comes from several things like how did you inspire people? How did you make them feel? Yeah. How did you impact whatever genre, whatever craft, whatever you did? Like how did you impact your space? Um, and then I think, when I think legacy, I think longevity, you know, like, yeah. like for me, I think legacy is rooted in doing something for a long time too. Um, but also character, you know, yep. like, like a lot of people's legacy, you know, it's sad. You go to a funeral, but like what's left behind, but oftentimes it'll just be character traits, you know, 
how you treated others. Yeah. Like that. And that's true. I think those things. And it's a great answer. You leave a little piece of you into everybody that you interact with and staying true to who you are authentically you. And I see this, like I see it, like you'll sign autographs, you'll take pictures, you'll shake hands, you'll take the time. How do you, how do you stay authentically you? Like how do you, you continue to create and evolve and still be you? Are there any like habits or non-negotiables that you do in your day that you make sure like, okay, like no matter if it's a billion views, like I'm still going to be authentically me and not let the world, because there's probably been, I'm sure there's people that have been trying to tell you like, hey, do this or do that, do that. But you stay authentically you. 100%. And you said it right. Fame isn't what you think, right? If you wear the shoes, it comes with its pros, but there's, you know, there's a lot of cons too. It's not what you think it is. So you made a good point. The daily habits I think is big. One thing that's big for me is my circle of people I keep around me. Yes. Um, nice. And I've had to learn this throughout the years. You know, this wasn't always something I had to get her, of course. So I had to shed a lot of friends and give them a circle. And then even constantly tailor that circle to see what that should look like, you know, because one thing that's really resonated to me is the last, you know, maybe five, seven years is that whoever keeps you keep around you directly represents it. And so somebody you might think is cool in a casual hangout. You might not weigh in, like, how do they really represent you? How are they perceived by other people? You know, and then how are they wearing off on you and all these things? So I think that was probably the biggest thing. I think there are I mean, habits, you know, you say, like, stay in the Word. You know, as a Christian, stay in the Word yep. for a yep. week. You know, definitely get a certain amount of days in. If you go daily, great. Uh, you know, I got out of the party in the club scene. That wasn't good for me. Um... There's a lot, but yeah. those are the top things to stand Oh, out. and those are those are massive ones. I love that, like the circle around you, because you are a reflection of the people that you surround yourself with. And whether we like it or not, we're constantly being judged. And as long as it takes to get to the point that you're at, you know, it can take two seconds that takes you down. And people want to see people fall from the top. I've been around YouTubers, and I know how much how difficult it is to make great content because there's a difference between good content and great content. 100%. Well said. I would say it is a great job, but you're right. To do it at a high level, it's not easy. It's a lot. You know, because as an influencer, you're often the director, producer, talent, uh, anything else that comes with it. I'm editing half the videos, so it could be a lot. How, how long would you say that it takes to do a video, a high-quality video that you do, which gets – Million? Did you just hit like a billion views or something like that? Something just dumb. Yeah, man. Jeez. Hit a billion views, six subs. My God. How long did it take you one video? Let's see. If we're gonna do an excellent video, the shoot, you know, we often can knock out in one day. If it's really intricate, it might be two or three days, right? If we're if we're making like a build video from you know, eight to fifteen minutes long, but then the edit, I'll take like seven to ten days. Wow. You know, because you really got to go through it. Um, if you're going to watch it all the way front to back, that's a whole thing. And it's like, you could try different scenarios. That's a whole thing. Do you want to get into mastering the audio? Do you want color correction? There's a whole bunch of things. You know? Yeah, wow. I'm glad you have that skill set because I do not have the patience nor the skill set for it. I'm a blueprint person. Yeah. And I thought our conversation today 
would be to help people uh, with their blueprint to success, taking our blueprint, making the architectural adjustments according to their genetic and energetic inheritance that they receive their potential. You and I, completely different potentials, uh, but yet I bet there's some similarities, similarities and synergies between our blueprints to not only breakthroughs, but to success and happiness and all the other lessons that we're learning. So you, you call yours, and I'd like to start with this, a blueprint tracker which to me indicates a consistent behavior. And I would love to know why, you know, a tracker and what was the thought process? Cause tons of guys have blueprints, but you have a blueprint tracker. Yeah, totally. And just to, to start off with everything that you brought in there, I think our athletic backgrounds were, were actually a lot better than we thought. Like we, we like to look back and think we were great athletes, but you know what, that, that set us up to learn everything that we needed to be able to coach them. So in what you're saying is using our athletic background to depict and find out why the highest level minds work the way they do is because of our own experience of just consistently, consistently pouring into it. And at the core, we're all searching for a breakthrough. To some extent, we all want a breakthrough in our life, whether it's, whether it's personal, professional, whatever it might be, we're all looking for a breakthrough. And to have a a blueprint or a formula or a guide to be basically taking us through this, we're able to do it because breakthroughs are very abstract and it's really kind of hard to grasp. It's almost like these words that we're using potential, like what does potential mean? Or what does culture mean? Like what do those words actually mean? But if you have a guide to take you through those, then it's just like having a personal trainer. Like, you know, you have the confidence, you have the lead, you have the, you have the, the game plan to be able to get through it. You know that feeling you get when you just wake up and you are not rested or recharged? Yeah, we all have it. We all go through it. How do I wake up with full energy every single day? It is literally the game changer itself, chilly sleep. I have an Uller that goes underneath my mattress and cools my body temperature to the ideal temperature to get deep sleep, REM, high HRV scores. Now I have mine pretty cold, about 57 degrees. The optimal level is between 57 and 65 degrees. I have a weighted blanket, which just cools my body. And I'm just sleeping in restorative sleep. So when I wake up in the morning, no matter how many hours I get, I am juiced up and ready to go. And lucky for you, you can wake up the same way. The people at Chili Sleep are giving you a discount, giving you a code. So go to chilitechnology.com forward slash pages forward slash David Nurse to get your special discount pricing there. Remember, that is chilitechnology.com forward slash pages forward slash David Nurse. Or just click the link below and it'll take you right there. It's sleep like a polar bear tonight. Get the best night's sleep of your life. Chilly sleep. But if I don't keep this insanity going, what will people think of me? And it's very wearing on you. So once you're able to shift that, and shed the results and the confidence. And once he figured out he stands for his faith in Jesus, his Taiwanese people, thinking he's a great gourmet chef in the kitchen, debatable, then he realized what his true self-awareness was. So when you have self-awareness as the first piece, because that's a building block, that's the foundation, knowing who you are at the core. And then you add it with cooperation. So the second piece is cooperation. Now, obviously you can't do everything yourself, so you need a team around you. We've been blessed with amazing, amazing people around us. That's how we're able to do what we do. And cooperation isn't necessarily about putting the 
the best people together. It's about misfits. It's about realizing you have a God-given strength and you're going to match it with other people's strengths. You don't have to focus on your weaknesses because a lot of times we're heard like, oh, man, you know, you have a weakness here. Or you got you to focus on this weakness, especially with NBA players. Like, you got to focus on this weakness. No, if you give me an NBA player who's good in every area, they ain't playing in the NBA. You give me an NBA player who's great, focuses on his strength in one area, Dennis Rodman. Kyle Korver, I grew up down the street from Pella, Iowa. Great in one area. So you put these different strengths together to make this ultimate team. And I like to give the example of, well, first, the best leader in history, whether you believe it or not, Jesus. He put together all these misfits that don't make sense and make this ultimate team. Or even if you've been to, if you've been to Cat's Deli in New York. It's right by my daughter's house. Yes, you've been there. You know what I'm talking about. Second Avenue. Yes. So I hate rye bread. I hate pastrami. And I hate Swiss cheese. I just don't like it. But put together in that Reuben sandwich that Katz makes, it's amazing, man. It doesn't make sense, but it's all these misfits, different ingredients that just make this ultimate team. So that's what the cooperation point is. So you have your self-awareness confidence. You have your cooperation. And we can go in-depth on, on each of these points because it's, it's really about looking at them from a different perspective as well. So now you have your team, okay? Great. Self, team. Now, what the heck are you doing? Like, if you're doing it for yourself, if you're doing it for your bank account, if you're doing it for the status, like, honestly, nobody in the history of ever has found contentment or joy in that. Ever. Have they? Like, it. no, I mean, like, Steve Jobs is dying on his deathbed and he's miserable. I mean, he's like, we're not going to be richer than him. So figuring out why you are doing it and why you are doing it is all about, all about genuine service. Now, when I say the word service, a lot of people think, oh, well, I serve. You know what? I go out and serve here, serve here. No, true service is giving to people, pouring into people when it's not on your schedule, when it's not on your time. And I struggle with that, man. Like, I have my schedule built out. And if someone wants to have a conversation with me, it's like, man, this, you know what? I kind of got to get going on to the next person. Or I'm in a room and I know there's somebody I'm actually there to meet. And I start looking, looking by them. Like, true service is being absolutely present in the moment and serving who is around you. And I'll go into a story. We'll finish up here and I want to come back to a service story that really shows how breakthroughs happen in the service mode. But the last piece is purpose with relentless consistency. So purpose sounds like something you always like, oh, I know my purpose. I got my purpose. Yes, but your purpose is truly understanding the God-given gift you've been given. I believe we all have this gift inside of us, given to God, given by God, and, and fully becoming obsessed with it. You know the people that I, I, I just, I absolutely love are the people who just go all out, obsessed, not the balance, balance is BS, but it's like a, there's this guy in the hills of Scotland who I searched, the hills of Scotland, way deep in there, and he's, He's making the best, softest cashmere out of wool from these sheep to, to make these, these cashmere sweaters. Like, he's obsessed with it. How beautiful is that? Or like someone that is just like the best coffee bean roaster ever and is just super upset. Like, I love that. That's what purpose is. Because it's, it's an unbelievable gratitude to God to use the gift that he's given to you. And this also shows everybody else that they can have their purpose. So, uh, Before we get to the fourth yeah. one, I got a question. So in this given gift or gifts that God has given us, mm -hmm. our true self, this enjoyment of the persistent, consistent pursuit or the enjoyment of or the ability to, you know, 
be everything that we can be. Several different times you alluded back to, well, if you're good at everything, you're not going to be good at a lot of different skills. You're not going to be in the NBA. If you're good in, although I would propose to you that some people, their gift is being good at a lot of different things and that uh, to not necessarily say that those who may have one purpose have a purpose and those who have uh, a life full of different variant things, none of them the world's best, not the world's best coffee, the world's best, but someone that, you know, take my mom, for example, great mom, second grade teacher, right? You've never heard of my mom, nor will you ever hear of my mom, but she's on purpose. She, she's living her life on purpose. How do you reconcile, you know, this desire that you must be what you can be in one solo directional gift compared to those that are blessed and are resolved in being their best they can be, which is good enough at multiple things that they pay attention to and give attention to. That's such a good point because that is the majority of people. And that is, yes, you have these different gifts I think we're all born with a certain amount of attributes. So let's say, let's say my attribute for being a basketball player when I'm born is higher than yours. Yours is a football That's player. That's given. <laughs> <laughs> I but, hope so. Hey, yours is a football player. <laughs> or you're going to go broke, brother, doing what you do. <laughs> I just had to brag on myself a yeah, little bit. Yeah. No. Although being a commissioner, I might be better. <laughs> <laughs> you would, you would. But yours as a football player is higher. So the attributes are at higher levels. And, and not everybody's going to be the greatest at one thing in the world but embracing that you can be really good in this area and having an impact in like you, you do so many things. So, so like you do so many things great. And that's very rare. Like that's a LeBron James where you've got multiple gifts. You're able to do really great, but it is like you said, the best of your ability. Implementing faith that every time pain comes up, see most people see pain as a punishment. It's sometimes a stop sign. Not for me, pain, setbacks, failures, mistakes, they're propelling me. And I have such a strong mindset when there's struggles and pain in, in life to say, oh yeah, here I go. I actually, I mean, I'm like, God, and I see other people like, oh, I didn't get the job I want. And I didn't get the deal, man. First thing I say, if I don't get a deal, thank you. Thank you because it's a protector. It's a propeller. You put me in a better place. And that allows me to get to the last thing, which is understanding that I am. You know, I took, uh, studied existentialism in 11th grade. I didn't understand it. And I learned Kierkegaard. I am. And it might leave in my arrogant mind. I don't know what I don't know, but I know everything. 17 year old, I said, oh yeah, I am. I am. Mm -hmm. Well, I've been studying I am for years now. I study in the Course of Miracles. I study in the Bible. I am healthy. I am wealthy. I am worthy. I am happy. I, we just remodeled another home that we purchased and we're going to be finishing the basement and closing off the, the bare walls. So I wrote on the walls of the house under the suggestion of the guys that have an A&E show, the, the, the flipping guys. I wrote, I am healthy. I am happy. I am wealthy. I'm worthy. Yeah. What am I? And I just signed it. Dave Meltzer and the date, because once you shift this paradigm with faith and pragmatic tools, and that's where I tie in now from, 
you know, gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, and inspiration, which is effective communication of I am, what am I doing to interfere with what I am? Instead of I gotta go get happy, I gotta go get, attach my emotions to an outcome. I'm gonna be happy when, I'm gonna be healthy when, I'm gonna be worthy when, I'm gonna be, right? People do that, not me, I am. It's what am I doing to interfere with it? Because I know there's an omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source that feels the same way about me that I feel about my children, so I know I am. There's no doubt in my mind, heart, and soul. I am. And then what do I do? Now I take all the thoughtfulness, the fastest vibrating frequency of the truth. You ask what the potential is? The highest vibration. The potential is infinity and limitlessness where God lives or faith lives right there. Now what I do is I use daily practices, daily practices starting with an unwinding routine at 9 p.m. to put my mind, body, and soul in a position to get the download from the source. And then I use meditation to transcend the download into what? Five daily practices, just like you have four. And my five daily practices are just a regurgitation of what we both have learned in a different way of saying it. Mine are this, one, know your what. What do you want every day? Every day, don't be afraid of being a hypocrite, changing your mind, learning, growing, accelerating, all those things. What do you want personally today? What do you want experientially today? What do you want to give today? And what do you want to receive? A few years ago, kind of after this conversation I had with our buddy, I started to ask myself, like, what is it that I do want to do? Like, I, th I think that's a fair question for people to ask their, themselves. And what is it that, like, fires me up? What is it that that brings a fire inside of me that I believe is good for the world, that I believe um, is something that uh, kind of attaches to my skill set. So I was like, what is it that I want to be doing as a career? And then the thing that came to mind was I want to be dealing with people and I want to be dealing with some of the injustices in the world. Hmm. Um, and, and really I come from that because I believe God called me uh, and all of us to look for the outsider. And I've, I've definitely felt like the outsider in my life. So that's one thing. Um, the second thing is I believe God called me to love others and love God. And so, it, you know, that's why I kind of care about people um, because I think it's a calling from God. I also think it fires me up. Uh, and the next uh, piece of that is um, the reason that I want to be dealing with some of the injustice, injustices of the world is because I was lucky enough at a young age to go to Honduras um, in my teenage years and to um, to see extreme poverty, to see, see extreme suffering and it wrecked my heart. Like it just, it doesn't, it, it, there's, it's not because I'm, I'm any greater than anybody else. It's just like, I can't, you can't get over it. And, uh, and it yeah. sits with you. And so now I want to go after those things in, in my adulthood. I want to use those things as, as, you know, to use my platform to help combat against injustice. So for generous, generous is a coffee company. Um, we sell coffee mostly, and we donate 100% of the profits to nonprofits around the world fighting human-facing injustice. Where I want to see it go is I want to see it blow up because here's what happened, man. Uh, myself and three of my buddies, we all signed our names in the operating agreement uh, away from being able to make a profit on the value of the company or on the sale of a product. And so if this company becomes a $2 billion company, guess what happens is generous gets sold. $2 billion gets donated. Um, to nonprofits around the world. Dang. And so like as much as this brand grows, as much as this company grows, the more coffee we sell online, um, the more good we can do. 